Hi, it's David Aver with the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast. You know, there are countless reasons why we're often reluctant to trust certain vendors or restaurants or retailers. There's just something about them that gives us pause or maybe a negative review online or an interaction that we are unwilling to forgive. On today's podcast, we're going to talk to a renowned trust expert about how crucial engendering trust is to the future of your business and how easy it is to let it slip through your fingers. It's the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast, back in 20 seconds. You're listening to the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast with David Averin, featuring candid conversations with some of the most influential leaders in business today. Sit back and listen in, or feel free to watch the video version online. This is the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast, and here's David Averin. Hi, and welcome to the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast. You know, uh, you can't watch TV today without somebody criticizing something. You don't know what to trust on TV. You certainly don't, don't know what to trust online. Things that um, I have in-laws and others who forward. And I'm like, who believes this stuff? But somebody does. I think we're in such a dearth of trust right now. And it affects business, it affects relationships, it affects everything. Today is a, is a great show because we have a renowned, world-renowned expert on trust. And yes, that's a thing. It's a thing because it's probably the most relevant, important subject in, in business today. I mean, there's so many things that we talk about in terms of supply chain and, and how do we handle social distancing or the other things, depending on when you're listening or watching this. But the, the thread that goes through everything, the important one that makes or breaks business is trust. And I don't think we talk about it often enough. So my guest, Dave Horshager, is the CEO of Trust Edge Leadership Institute. He's a Wall Street Journal bestselling author of the Trust Edge, which I have for our video audience right here. Um, and he has advised leaders and delivers life-changing presentations on six continents. And I've been on some of those contents with Dave and his lovely wife. Um, audiences ranging everywhere from FedEx, Toyota, heard of them, MIT, global governments to the New York Yankees and the Department of Homeland Security. So welcome, Dave, to the show today. Great, great to be here. Thank you so much, Dave. It is great to be here, isn't it? I'm just saying. Now, listen, I, <laughs> it's one of those things that when I've got some, some, I'm really blessed to have some brilliant, brilliant colleagues, but we're all doing different gigs at the same time. It's almost like the same time as, as bands who are good friends, but they're all playing at different venues on different nights. So when I run into Dave at an airport when we're traveling or we share the stage, and I hate the term, but we share the stage. Uh, we were in Bangkok, Thailand together and others as well. But what I love about it more than just the personal side because, because we get to spend some time with friends is I also get the privilege of, of gleaning insights from some really brilliant people. And Dave is, is chief among them. And I learned something every time. Let's talk about what's happening in the world today, why this is more important than ever, and what are some, maybe some of the misunderstandings about the importance of trust. I don't know if, if we're dismissive of it or it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we get it. Because I don't think we do. Well, when I started my grad work on it 20 years ago, and it's a delight to be here, by the way, mutual, mutual respect. Uh, sure. So, um, you know, 
I, I thought I kind of knew it all about trust. This is what trust is that whatever it's, it's, there are misnomers there are misunderstandings. It's more complex than we might think, but first to your first point, institutional trust has tanked significantly in the, you think of since Watergate when 80% of Americans in the U S trusted government to do what's right and best for all. Now it's less than 7%. You think of um, institution, the institutional of, it, of education, the reason there's people leaving public education to uh, charter schools and private education sure. because of trust. You think of the institution of the, the church or worship, um, almost the same percentage of people believe in God as, as did 80 years ago in America. And yet any metric that would show it from going to a place of worship to uh, giving to having a small group studies or whatever that there is down steeply. You look at all these institutions, um, big business to, um, you know, food. I mean, look at food. We, 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 uh, we trusted that, you know, big food now we just want to know what's grown at the you know spot right next to us because we we don't trust big institutions as much as we used to so that's down steeply there's some other big media is the same way it's it's down right. enormously you could, you could say it for you could blame it on uh clinton what he passed you could blame it on reagan what he passed the fair you know you could the, the those you couple could talk bills. about today i mean to what do you attribute i mean we've seen clearly the, mm -hmm. the studies have shown and your research shown a tremendous decline in trust why what's well, happening each, each, you know, you could take each thing and and it might be different. Um, I mean, media is the that the Fairness Act that basically allowed us to not have to look at both sides of uh, uh, of the story. I sure. think you know that that creates a divide more and more um, because we, you know, this what's selling is. The most intense far outside right it's the same in government i mean you can take government so i've done some work with congress and and people will introduce me and say yeah he's even spoken to congress on trust and so he's obviously not very good but um <laughs> there you but, go but, but, but take, there's a lot of you take congress what are the reasons there there's there's specific reasons in each sector and some of them are everywhere but um with congress you know 80 years ago the the republican and democrat would ride the train together 100 years ago back to California. They would go out and have a beer after fighting it out on the on the floor of the House or Senate. They would go, they, now they never see each other. And there are systems against trusting each other, connecting with each other. And, and so, and you take, you, you mentioned reviews and we can jump into anything, but reviews are increasingly not trusted because there's ways of skewing them. It, right, there's gaming the system, absolutely. Yeah, but, but, but but to get to my work, I mean, just and I can give some other kind of ways of thinking differently about it. My work isn't about so much. I, I, obviously, I research it. We put out one of the biggest studies, at least out of North America, on trust and leadership for sure. But um, my work is all about how do we become most trusted? Because that's when we gain this great advantage we've come to call a trust edge. So I try to take people off of of everybody else and say, when you actually gain trust in this way that I'm talking about. You gain the greatest competitive advantage. Nothing affects the bottom line more than trust. Nothing affects engagement. It's never an engagement issue. It's never even a net promoter score issue. The research shows an NPS only goes up, not when referrals go up, but when trust goes up, then you get referrals. When trust goes up, then you get engagement. When trust goes up, then you get. So, um, you, you know, you mentioned there, there's a whole lot of ways we can look at trust, but you can, a lot of people today think it's just this thing or that thing. It's more complex than you might think. It's not just transparency, for example. A lot of people, oh, it's just trans be transparent. Well, some of your kids are so transparent on social media, I don't trust them for a second because confidentiality is also trusted. You can think, you know, trust takes a long time to build trust. Well, 
on 9-11 complete strangers trust each other in a moment if they're running the same direction so right. you know we got to think a little different and and they have to see it as the root issue and that's I mean, that's part of why i wrote the new book trusted leader is it the root issue is always a trust issue never right. communication but but look at it from the perspective of of the customer because I do want to delve deeper into what it is as business owners and entrepreneurs and others, which is generally my audience, what do we do to help engender that? Because people think trust, they think about honesty. It's not just honesty. Of course, it's about do we trust that somebody's going to deliver what they say they're going to do, that the food is going to taste as good as it is, that the delivery is going to show up. And, and it's what are the systems you put in place to, to hedge your bets, to give people, to give yourself the best chance of delivering exactly what you say. In many cases, in most cases, it's not an intentional thing to deceive, but it's a measure of falling short, isn't it? And so that's what ends up resulting in the negative online reviews and those kinds of things as well. So from, from the, the consumer's perspective, there's things that, that give us pause and make us reluctant to support a business. Talk about it from the business's perspective and what are the tangible things that we can do to uh, to become more trusted in the marketplace? So they're basically in that original research that you saw on the Trust Edge, and now yeah. even the same that the trusted leader, while it's all this new fresh content, this eight pillar framework. Once I saw the case for trust and why a lack of trust is the biggest cost and all that kind of stuff, this eight pillar framework, it, you know, it comes out of uh, research as uh, research funnels that I, I denote each with a C word uh, that that this is the language for solving. And just last year, that that eight pillar framework was revalidated as the way trust is built globally. It's in brands, in, and you're gonna talk about customers, but just for a second, just so you see what I, the way I think about this now, sure. you never, that people don't think it, they, they're trying to solve the wrong issue. They think they have, as an example, leadership issue. They never do. The only reason I follow a leader or not is trust. They, they think it's a sales issue, it never is. The only reason I buy or not is trust, unless it's a commodity. You think you have a marketing issue? You never do. The only way to amplify a marketing message is increase trust in the message. We got a diversity issue, plenty of diversity issues today. Sure. The biggest Harvard study shows diversity on its own pits people against each other. The only way to get the great value of diversity, which is immense, is increased trust with diversity. You can't, you, you just increased diversity, you didn't help anything. So you have to increase, deal with trust. So, so to go to the language, and I know this can be, and you know, I can talk about this for five days straight, so, but I do want to give you the language for how, what you solve against, because I believe you can solve every marketing leadership organizational issue against these eight. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean I know how to do it all. It just means if you get this language, you can actually solve the real issue. So sure, go ahead. You, yeah. So when you talk about it from a, from a perspective of the the business, how do I want to be more trusted? These eight were were the, uh, basically, I call them pillars today, but these are the pillars of trust. So number one, clarity. People trust the clear and they mistrust or distrust the ambiguous or the overly complex. Is that message complex? Is it ambiguous? You're losing trust if it is. Number two is compassion. We trust those that care beyond themselves. This is why for the most people, mom is the most trusted person in the world to them because she cares sacrificially in many cases. There's sure. crazy on, on yeah. day 10. Number three is character. You said honesty, it fits under character. It's important, but it's not everything because number four is competency. I might trust you to take my kids to the ball game, Mr. Avrin, but I may not trust you to give me a root canal because of competency, right? So you have to have character and competency. The next one is commitment. We trust those that stay committed in the face of adversity. A lot of people aren't trusting their leaders because they don't feel like they're committed to them. 
that they, um, you know, you think of anybody in history, Martin Luther King, Mandela, Jesus, Gandhi, Joan of Arc, and they, and they were trusted because they were committed to something beyond themselves often, maybe to death even. So yeah. next pillar is connection. And that's this willingness to connect and collaborate with others. And if I don't have this, if I, each of these pillars has a, a silo, a, a um, counter forces. So in a company, uh, siloing would be a, a counter force. You're not willing to connect, but in marketing, you're not, if you're not connecting with the audience, you on stage, if you're not connecting with the audience, you might be high character, you might be compassionate, doesn't matter. You're not connecting with them. So next pillar is contribution. The, the number one word that came out of that research funnel was results. We trust results. You got to get results. You can't just have compassion and character. You got to contribute results. And the final one is consistency. So I went through them fast, but consistency matters, especially where we talk about customer excellence um, and customer experience, because whatever you do consistently is what you're trusted for. If you're late all the time, I will in fact trust you to be late. Or even, sporad or even sporadically. Exactly. You, they, don't exactly. Know what to, they don't know what to expect from you. Yeah. For even so, from a service perspective, that's important. Go yeah, ahead. Absolutely. So service, it was good here, but it wasn't there. If it was, if I would, you know, this, the web interface is great, but the in-person experience isn't. I mean, this is a big problem when you're talking about customer experience. We can come back to it. But when you, if, if everybody wrote those down, hopefully not while you're driving, but those eight, you, when you get those eight, you have a language to solve your customer experience, your marketing, your leadership issues, it comes under those eight and we use it globally. And you can think, oh, I need to increase the marketing message. Okay, was it clear? Did I connect with them with this? Was it mesh? Well, I got a leadership issue. This was it, I got a sales issue. Okay, was I um clear? Not about how cool I am, but the outcomes for them, the the the, the benefits for them. And and people will say to me, I got a, like I said, engagement issue. You don't, it's one of these. I got a communication issue. You never do. You never have a communication issue. Communication is happening all the time. Clear communication is trusted, unclear isn't. Compassion is, hateful isn't. You, if you run through these, you actually solve the real issue. That's why I'm passionate about it, because you can solve then the sales issue, the attrition issue, the retention issue, or, you know, of course it even changed me. But that that gives us a little context for then we can go into anything and 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 look at it and and try to solve against it. Sure. We're talking to Dave Horsager. Information, if you want to look him up at trustedge.com, more information about the books and of course the pillars as well. So as we go through the pillars, what came to my mind was, and, and you never want this, you never want sort of the duh factor or whatever else. It's absolutely crucial. But what you and I both know is that organizations pay lip service to this. I've seen you present, I've seen people take copious notes, nodding the whole time, and they go back and say, yeah, we got this down. No, you don't. Just I because you recognize the importance, it doesn't mean that you are, you are manifesting in a way that's tangible, that's consistent. What, what is the missing piece between the cognizance and the, and the behavior that represents it? Well, there are specific takeaways you can apply each of these with, but I, I, you just reminded me of something. And we've been on some of these big stages together. I think the last one, we, there was over 10,000 in the audience uh, that we were both keynoting. But I was thinking of one of the biggest companies, Fortune, in the Fortune 10, I won't name the company. I'm you know dealing with the top leadership. I'm in front of them. Afterwards, the C something got right up after me and said, I believe that we are committed to this trust. If we are committed to this, we believe in this, da, 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 da. He made a commitment on stage. He did not follow through from in the next year in the enterprise trust index. What did trust do? Fall. So right. we, we, and we, in doing so, he violated at least one of the major pillars. Right away. So, right? It would have been better if he never had me and never said anything. 
you know, if then to, to say that he believes in it and is committed to it, not. Um, there's a lot of reasons for for why people don't. You know, a lot of people either think they have it or they don't. Um, you know, uh, they there's a lot of people that they, they get busy in the quick. You know, the immense uh, problems they have. There, there's a lot of people that think you either have trust, excuse me, that, yeah, you, you either have trust or you don't, and you just can't actively build it or do something different. Right. Um, so, listen, but, but let me tell you one thing that, that I see a lot, and this I think is one of the biggest management challenges for those in business, is that we can be as leaders, we can be absolutely committed to these pillars and not as an ethereal thing, but as really tangible things. The challenge is, is to get each and every one of our people to not only buy in, but to behave in a way that is consistent on a consistent basis. And that's difficult. If you're geographically dispersed as an organization, if you have frontline workers who may be very young, yep. um, how, and then of course we know that as consumers, whether it's B2B or B2C, every one of those interactions and transactions has an opportunity for you to step up or fall short. So this is a hard question, but as leaders, and we know the bigger we get, the more frustrating and the more difficult it is to get compliance among our team. What do you advise in the consulting work that you do yeah. and deep research? How do we apply it in a consistent way? Well, we, even for any leadership development to work, we know there are seven components to it. And many people miss on this. There's a great article in 2016, why leadership de uh, development fails and what to do about it. And they got it right, I believe, on part of that. There's there's some more things, but you have to, you have, to have um, whatever change you're trying to make, it has to be tied strategically. There has to be all these things. It's gotta, you know, leaders gotta believe in it. They gotta create buy-in, all these things. But one of the pieces of it is it has to, you have to tie it to something consistent. Many people, the reason they have flavor of the month programs is they don't have a consistent approach. It's like your huddle approach. That's why it works so well because it's consistent. It's little, quick, doable every, you know, every week or every day. It, that, that's why that works. You don't have to change the world. You have to change today with something. And so I, when we go in and work with organizations, I'm going to be an example out your way. There was a 14 mental health clinics. Um, and the CEO saw me speak at something and said, this is what we need here. They're trying to gain the Malcolm Baldrige Award. They're, and they said, this is part of what made it happen. Now, this is 2014. They're still doing work with us. But sure. they, everybody I talked to there said, we don't even believe you'll be around. We do flavor of the month stuff, blah, blah, blah. He actually made a real commitment. They trained everybody in the organization and pods after I came in, certified, trained, did all these things. But anyway, I don't have to talk about all that I did, but basically, we created a consistent approach. And if, if you're gonna uh, do anything new, I would as leaders think, okay, this is great. I love this, whatever it is. How are we gonna do it consistently? Before you buy, think, will you, because there's a lot of good things. I might think trust is the most important thing I'm due from the research and everything, but there is a lot of good things that would affirm, you know, leadership, customer service, whatever. The problem is if you don't do it, any of it, the greatest thing in the world, if you don't figure out a way to do it consistently, it doesn't matter. The only way to build a reputation is consistency. The only way to build a brand is consistency. So figure out consistency. The other thing I would push people to do when they want change, like you said, leaders, is leaders need to think of not just changing the organization, but changing the individual. So if I bring in a training program or a customer service or whatever it is, 
If I'm not helping the individual, it's, you're not going to get the buy-in. But if you can help the individual and the organization, um, I love it. We've had people say, uh, this tripled my sales, this trust up. We've also had people say it saved my marriage. I don't care. Right. You know, both, when you can touch people personally and organizationally, you know and I know, organizations don't change. Right. Only individuals change, but when one does, then a team, an organization, even a country can change. So those would be two quicks. But, but what do they need to do on the front end? Let me ask you this. There has to be a cognizance of the need to. And, and this, you understand that this podcast, once again, we're talking to Dave Horsager, um, isn't about change. It's about trust. But the two are, 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 are yeah. I, I get the words right, you know, they're, they're linked. Yep. But there has to be a cognizance of where the deficiencies are, because the biggest challenge right. like, that we're seeing today in organizations which leads into some of my content as well, is the reality is we have a third party in this that has, has a, a tremendous impact on our business. And that is those who report on their experience with us. And mm -hmm. there's not only sort of this, this feel like that there's a right, but a responsibility, but a, but a right and a responsibility that we're going to tell people, you know, what, if it was good or bad. And so we manifest in our business impacts that. So how do we diagnose what needs right. to be enhanced? Well, this is why we created diagnostics. So we, we have six ways we measure trust in organizations. And so I would say measure it. And, sh you know, first of all, you've got to build the case of whatever you're doing and show the impact of it. If you, we don't increase trust here, we're going to lose attrition. If we don't increase trust here, we're going to lose, uh, we're going to gain attrition, lose retention. If we don't do this, we're going to, you know, we're, we're, there's cost in time or money or whatever. Sure. But I'm first showing that case of trust period, because some people don't see how it affects the bottom line and performance. And that's what we try to do is drive, drive performance on trust. Right. But this is the exact reason why we built these measurement tools are everything from an enterprise trust index built on 30 years of Accenture data and my grad work to show gaps and the impact. And we've had companies say they took, saw one gap and it saved them millions of dollars, but that, that in massive, massive companies uh, use that all the way down to a self-assessment that, as you know, self-assessments aren't validated because people lie about themselves, but it can give them a hint of, oh, I think I could do a little better here, right? So what happens in, in the right assessment tool is they get a wake-up call. So we have trusted teams. We have trusted uh, the, the trusted teams assessment. We also have the trusted customer assessment. And this fits in what you're doing customer-wise because uh, it's five questions instead of the simple NPS question that actually drives referrals. So customers are around the world, you can have a million people do the assessment and see of these five questions, where's the gap? If I close that gap, customers will stay longer, be more, refer more, you know, drive more business. So the, the, big, the big answer there is you have to first build the case for the value of change, of trust, of whatever it is. And then you have to measure it and show gaps and show the impact that way. And when I can measure it and show that impact, I mean, that that's a big buying, you know, that's, that's sure. a, you know, you know just as an observation, you've gone from eight pillars to seven, something is six, mm -hmm. and five. We're, we're absolutely, okay. I would assume that's somewhat intentional. Um, but well, I, it, I just think there's framework. You gotta have frameworks for things. But, but so you have I don't to. mean, Yep. No, no, no. But I, but, I'm, I, but I agree with you. I, I think it's so crucial to have um, tools and tactics. Otherwise, it's ethereal. Otherwise, it's words and motivation. And neither of us are motivational speakers. I think anything time we build a business, it can be motivational, but it has to be hard content, but they have to do something with it. Now, so I'll give you a takeaway. Please jump in. Yeah, because you, you, you know, 
under each of these eight pillars, there are takeaways, and some of them are, you know, denoted by acronyms or numbers or whatever. But here's Easier a simple, to remember. Absolutely. Here's a simple one you can use. And we, we have organizational takeaways, seven-step process for increasing character in an organization, all the way to a, a way an, a leader would create values to increase their kind of integrity as a leader in decision-making, whatever. So let's take one simple one under the clarity pillar, because if you don't know where to start, the clarity pillar is easy. And if you're clear in your values, you tend to have higher character, that pillar. If, if you're clear in certain ways, you have more consistency, right? So yeah. here's, a, here's something to solve against. So I will argue that, by the way, we've seen people use this little process to triple sales. This is the way I lost 52 pounds in five and a half months. And you might remember it, I think. So that was in 2011. Um, and now I've kept it off. And that that wins against Biggest Loser big time. I think only six people out of 119 have kept their weight off. So, um, you know, and you have a good story of, of health as well. So I the question, you know, I started asking people around the world, anybody that had the lifestyle we have, flying a couple hundred times a year, being on planes, sitting up and, you know, whatever, eating banquets, whatever. So I said, how do you stay fit on the road? How do you stay fit? And everybody said it around the world, eat less, exercise more. That was not clear enough for me. Right? So I said, but how did you do it? Okay, then how did you do it? How did you do it? What I learned is, well, Simon Sinek and many others about the why, the why is a good word. It's a motivating word. In fact, the why is an important word, uh, but I see people having a really fun why uh, and having a party around it and seeing Kumbaya around it and going right off the cliff. So right. the, why, the why is important to, to last on a project, but it's not the key strategic word. People agree with Collins. I do too. I think it's great to have the right who's on the bus, but the most overlooked, underused word that actually drives strategic clarity that takes an idea to an action is actually, there's three of them. Number one is how. Number two, way more important, how. And number three is the most important of all. It is how you got to get in this habit of how, 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 and that how is so it, 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 we don't stop asking how until we can apply it today or tomorrow. So in an organization, um, I might say, I, I remember this once with a CEO, second biggest healthcare organization in North America. They're losing HCAP funding. They're losing patients. I said, what do you really want to change here? We've done a whole day on trust and everything. We need a better culture. We're dying. Okay, great. How are you going to start to do that? Uh, I think we'll start where you talked about clarity. Uh, we're going to be more clear. I said, great. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do it? Yeah. We're going to communicate more. How are you going to do that? They, they, you don't trust them. Into, we're going to hold each other accountable. How are you going to do that? Until they get to something they're going to do today or tomorrow, it doesn't matter. And that's the same with my weight loss. Until I'm going to, how, 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 until I'm going to do something today or tomorrow. That's when change starts to happen. That's when experience gets better. You know, that's when consistency. But, but here's what we're also seeing. And, and I agree 3,000% because we're in the business of helping people, helping organizations with things that they're not necessarily good at. That's why you bring in an external person for a speaker or consultant or something else. But the how is so important because otherwise paralysis uh, ensues, right? Because they how gives a great hope. idea. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to start. And, and what's the easiest answer? Not doing it. The easiest right. answer is doing what we've done or just put our head down and focus on business because there's no shortage of things to do. And so even for those who I mean, seek it out, don't wait for people to spoon feed you. Listen, there's a lot of people who don't, uh, who are listening, solopreneurs and others as well. They necessarily can't necessarily 
contract your firm to do the kind of work, but they can buy the book. And yeah. what I love about the pillars, what I love about the seven steps, and the reason why those are so powerful in books and media is because it tells you how to go through the process, it's not about the process. It's about, about moving forward in the product at the end. But so many people, most in business, in life, in relationships, don't because of exactly what you said. They just don't know how to do it or how to start. But the how, the, the thing about the how is the how actually gives hope. Yeah. So, so when they you see have a roadmap, hope, they see a roadmap. Right, because, because, and you got to do stuff you will do. Someone said, you know, as an example, if someone said, I can never eat ice cream again when I'm losing weight, I'm not going to do it, right? Now, I did it for six months, but I'm not going to, if I can never have it again, right. I'm not going to do it. On the other hand, for me, not drinking a calorie wasn't, I'm not a big, I'm not, I'm not against, I'm not, I, I just, uh, I just, that's never, even in college, I was never drawn to alcohol like people. Like I've just never, I'll have a glass of wine once in a while, but I was just never, it wasn't a big deal. So when this doctor said to me, here's one way that might be a final how, um, most men in America, if they wouldn't drink their calories, they'd lose 30 to 50 pounds in a year. But I'm going to try that for six months for the time that I lost. You know, it's, and and the point about that is I can look at any calories in that. Nope, I can I can drink it, right? And now I do. I brought back a few, but I am aware of every calorie that I drink. These but days. we also have the resource, don't we, to look online. I'm not talking yep. about the dubious resources, yeah. research, but there's some legitimate resources. Like sure. I'm, I lost 25 pounds on, on keto. My, yeah. my, my face got smaller, my hair got bigger. And, um, but it's not hard to learn about what is keto friendly and what isn't, whether or not yep. that's for you or not, or somebody totally. else, it doesn't matter. It worked great for me, but I didn't know how, or I had some- Did you keep at it? Um, it, it I, I did for a time, but I, I understand also, listen, we'll get off, off track here, that I know it's not particularly healthy. It's certainly effective. And that's what I need. I needed to be effective. And then yep. I brought back in fruits and vegetables, but sugar, processed sugar is a horrible thing. And so I've been much better. It doesn't mean that I can't have, a, you know, live a life, but I'm about to do some international travel. And so I'm doing it again because yeah. uh you know finally getting back on stage and everything else but but it's all part of, of that isn't it i mean we can talk about trust but but how do you do it you do it because there's there's steps to do it you have to become cognizant of how this can negatively impact your business listen we said for a generation everybody grew up in business understanding what we used to call guest relations philosophy right and it went something like this the average person with a good with a good experience tells two or three people but someone with a bad experience will tell 10 None of that's true. Today we tell thousands. Yeah. So the work that you do in trust is amplified. As important as it was when you were doing your gra graduate research, it has grown in importance a hundredfold because the ramifications of underperformance today make or break businesses. And, the, and to that point, just so everybody knows, the number one question everybody's asking about them, about their business, solopreneur, entrepreneur, doesn't matter, is not, do I like you? They get friends I like a lot when watching the game with them. I wouldn't go into business with them in a million years because I don't trust them. Right. Everybody's asking, can I trust you? And that's where we have a huge opportunity today coming out of this crisis. The, the fastest opportunity to build trust is not in first interaction like people think. That's important, especially where customer service is concerned, or customer experience, excuse me. You know, that, that's critical. However, your fastest opportunity is in crisis. So you got you got customers mad at you. You have an incredible opportunity. You have right. you you got people ticked off. You got people feeling like there's a crisis. You got this. Oh my goodness! You want to increase trust fast? That's your opportunity. You go to the boardroom. People are throwing chairs and swearing. You have an incredible opportunity to come out if you can be consistent. Then 
to, to be even more trusted. So well, let me take it to another level. Even if those feelings are directed towards your industry, you have the opportunity to differentiate yourself by being more trusted. When we're not sure, when we have trepidation about everything, it can be aimed at your company, it can be aimed at your industry, it can be aimed at the marketplace. This is the chance to step up. This is the, I, I think, the, the biggest opportunity right now. And listen, and it's not just because I'm, I'm, I'm so sucking up to you or anything else, but I'm a big believer that, that this is the most relevant, the most crucial, and often the most overlooked. If you're having a conference or a convention, you got three or four days, no matter what you bring in, no matter what you focus on sales or people or disruption or internet of things, trust has to be one of those things. Just make sure that Dave Horsager is one of your speakers. Have as many as you want, but Dave has to be one of them. I'm just, I'm just saying, hey. no, but, I, but I honestly believe it. But not I'm passionate I'm, about it. Yeah, not just because I've known you, but I've watched what you do and I've seen the ramifications of underperformance. And I think it's never been more profound than today. So tell us, how do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your work? Yep, the trustedge.com is the main site, davidhorsecker.com. Say it slower. Say it slower. Trust, yep, trustedge.com. Trustedge.com. I still talk too fast. Uh, David Horsager, if you can spell it, you can uh, you can be a Horsager. But uh, the, we have a special gift for you. Gabe put it together tr uh, at trustedleaderbook.com. That's slash. the new one coming out real quickly. Yeah, I know yeah. we'll, we'll give the we'll yeah. give the uh, the website, yeah. but the new book yeah. show it yeah. show it yeah. for our show it for We our... just got it in hand. Comes out there to the publisher. Go. I'll tell you what. Um, I was actually going to say, page one fifty nine. There's an, another little process for you to. Uh, there you to, go. A lot of people I know it. listen to this, but some people who watch it, if you watch it on my YouTube channel or you watch it on my website at davidavern.com, look for podcasts at the top. The book is Trusted Leader. Dot com and the website with the special deal is what again? And we'll put yep. it in the show notes. Yeah, that's fine. It's uh, trustedleaderbook.com slash CX Advantage. Trustedleaderbook.com CX Advantage. You get a master class, some other cool things there, 72 videos, whatnot. Just some of those tactical things we didn't, you know, like the how, how, how strategy, but some tactical ways, 90 day quick plan, some of these spa method for creating a, a, an environment of appreciation. You get some takeaways you can use Perfect. to uh, apply the work. Well, there's your how. Very important. Hey, big thanks to Dave Horsager. Hang on for a second. I'll do my, my show outro. This podcast is sponsored in part by my program, the Customer Experience Advantage Morning Huddle. You know, some of the most innovative solutions to your biggest customer-facing challenges are likely found within the creative minds of your own people. You can lead a weekly morning huddle conversation with your team, or better yet, let me lead you that. I'll give you the content. I'll challenge your thinking. You can learn more about this powerful membership initiative by visiting customerexperienceadvantage.com. Uh, of course, all my books are available on amazon.com, including the acclaimed Why Customers Leave and How to Win Them Back. My brand new book comes out, depending on when you're watching this, is called The Morning Huddle. It's powerful conversations to customer experience conversations, wake you up, shake you up, and win more business. Be sure to click and like this podcast, subscribe, leave a comment. Really important to leave a comment as well below. Click the little bell icon and you can receive notifications of new episodes. And of course, like Dave, I'd love to come and present for your group meeting, your conference. You can learn more about my in-person speaking, my live virtual speaking events as well, and my consulting at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. Check out past episodes, leave a comment. Big thanks to horse, Dave Horsager. I'm David Averin. Be good. Thanks. 
This has been the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast with David Avrin. Feel free to leave a comment and be sure to hit the thumbs up button. You can listen to past episodes and be notified of future ones by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. David's popular marketing and customer experience books are available in print as well as Kindle and audiobook and published in multiple languages around the world. You can stay connected and learn more at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>